0: Hi, I'm Derek McFadden, proud to be an author, a poet, and a lover of most things pop culture. I am also handicapped, born with a mild form of cerebral palsy. But please note, this podcast is not called Handicapped Writer. It is instead titled Writing While Handicapped, because that's what I do. Join me as we talk with folks in the book world, and this podcast looks at the world of literature from a perspective you haven't seen before. Welcome in to a new episode of Writing While Handicapped. I'm here with the author of a new book, Five First Chances, as what it's called in the US here. Her name is Sarah Yost, and she is a debut novelist. Guys, how are you, Sarah?
1: I'm very well. Thank you for having me.
0: You're so welcome. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the conception of, of this book, Five First Chances.
1: Okay, so um, I think the idea came to me about years ago now, so that's quite a long time ago. I just wanted to write a, a love story and I've always been interested in how you know in how our perception of time can change depending on the the kind of frame of mind we're in. So because I, I suffer from uh, anxiety myself, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and I thought about that main character who would be kind of stuck in a rut and whose anxiety would have such an impact on her that she would end up feeling like she didn't have a future and she was kind of stuck in regrets. Uh, and what would happen if she had a, a time seizure, if you want, and, and go back and had another other, another go at it. So that's kind of how the, the idea came to me.
0: So tell me about the about your character, about your main character of Louise. Who who is she when the I guess who is she when the book starts? Is the proper question.
1: Yeah, so she she's a Swiss expat uh, living in the UK, so a bit like me, but she's not me, so I can't travel back in time, unfortunately um she has been in the UK for about two years she lives near London in St Albans uh, which is a real city that's where I ended up when I moved to the UK and she has been trying to to make a life for herself as a teacher so she's kind of in her first second year of teaching things are not going so well she's not really enjoying herself her behavior management is not great um she kind of feels like she hasn't really settled very well you know she doesn't have many friends. She has one friend and and a housemate who kind of ended up leaving her to kind of move in with her best friend, so things are a little bit strange in that way. She's still quite hung up on on her ex in Switzerland, that she kind of
0: was the reason. That guy, that guy is a
1: Yeah, yeah, not a great guy, Um, but at that that point she doesn't quite realise it. um, Realises it, she kind of wants to, um, she wishes she had responded to a text that he sent her two years ago that was a bit of an open door to to go back to their relationship and she kind of wishes she had um responded and t- taken that chance at the time. So yeah, so that's where she is she's kind of really at her lowest I would say uh, and she attends the funeral of a friend of a friend who she doesn't really know very well but she is supporting her friend there and um being at the funeral of somebody who is similar age to her who's a teacher as well that kind of really makes her realize how stuck in a rut she is basically.
0: Yeah, I noticed that there was a lot of metaphor in this book. I I loved the first part of the book where you were talking about the elephants and how mm-hmm. and how baby elephants can get really lonely if they don't connect. And um yeah. I mean, to me I was like so can humans uh that that, that that's yeah. a uh you know, that's a definite thing that happens. I think um mm-hmm. I think that's why connection especially especially in this day and age of like uh post-pandemic, is, like, so important. Um, Do you feel like when you were writing this, that that came through? Or, I mean, you said the idea came to you four years ago, so Mm -hmm. it was pre-pandemic, but I feel like, in a a sort of way, this is a bit of a a pandemic book, (laughs) just in the sense of the mental health aspect and the needing people.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the the mental health aspect that interested me is, is kind of uh, something that may, can make you feel really isolated. And as you're saying, struggling to connect. And I think that really was something that was brought up to the fore for so many people during the pandemic who maybe might not have, you know, described themselves as suffering from anxiety or loneliness or anything like that before. And I think that made a lot more people aware of of how important it is to be able to establish meaningful connections in our lives. Um, so definitely the the pandemic would make I think the book much more relevant to to maybe a lot of people who might not have um, picked it up or been interested in it beforehand Uh, but yeah it was it was written and and planned before the pandemic finished writing and kind of editing during the pandemic so that Mm -hmm. probably highlighted some of the themes as well Uh, But I remember really clearly that um, when I was planning my time loop I was kind of writing a little bit in the future and I remember sitting there before the pandemic and thinking okay so if I plan it starting now if I go two years in the future it would finish in like 2020 but I mean what are the chances that something really big would happen there would be earth shattering <laughs> or maybe I can just right. kind of go into the future and I'm so glad I did and I went back and finished in 2019 <laughs> uh, so I would have had to re- rewrite that and replan it but um, yeah.
0: I, um, it makes me wonder how many authors had to do that. Because you know mm. there are, that there were probably many that had to, like, I had this whole book, and then the whole thing takes place in 2020, and it makes no sense now.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think there's kind of, we, we're starting to see a little bit more pandemic books. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, if you read Wish You Were Here by Jodi Picou, and it's yes. an absolutely amazing book. That's the only one I've actually picked up that very openly talks about the pandemic and addresses it head on. Uh, I think some authors kind of have decided to kind of write without the pandemic as well I, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future but I think it's quite difficult to to ignore the impact it has on on our lives but maybe there's some ways as you said more metaphorical um that that we can address it maybe and address the impact and the trauma that that we've all been through in the past few years yeah
0: I mean I definitely uh, I picked your book up. After having read The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Oh yeah. Mm. And and I was like, okay, I definitely, you know, that and that's what connected me to you. Uh on the back of your book, I don't know who the who the blurb is by, but uh it, it does say that that if you like the Midnight Library, you would like this. And it's and it's a very accurate blurb. So if you guys like the Midnight Library, you should pick this up. Um oh, thank comes you. Out That's a great April, compliment. The, no, I, I, I do believe that. It, it comes out April 18th here in the States. So um yes. uh yeah, so who do you think um I mean obviously other than Luis, who is your favorite character? Would it be Nick because he's the I guess the other oh. protagonist or or would it be mm. I think my I think my favorite character besides those two would be Yuki um yeah. i really liked i really liked her um mm-hmm. you know i felt like uh it's really interesting the different things that happen and i won't say any what what it is but the the different things that happen to her based on what happens kind of based around what happens to louise and the different chances mm-hmm. that she has because her lives are different yuki's lives yeah. are different and i saw a lot of people that i knew kind of in her and the the not necessarily not necessarily picking a person just picking a person that is there i i definitely saw that and and uh if that makes any sense to you
1: yeah yeah it does and that's definitely something i wanted to to explore through her character i was quite worried about how she was going to come across because i didn't want Mm -hmm. to be unkind to her as a character you know i think Lou is a little bit unkind to her uh, sometimes. And she says, you know, whatever happens, you just go with the flow and go with the person who's there. And you really don't think about who, who you really want to be with. And I think that's quite harsh. And I think, as you say, a lot of us have been doing that through that kind of need for connection and that need for yes. finding our people, I think. Um, so yeah. um, I've got a lot of uh, sympathy for Yuki. And I think she also- I do too. In return, tells a lot- tells Lou a few truths that are maybe hard for, for Lou to to hear, but I think she's also quite perceptive about about her friend. And yeah, she was she was a really important character for me to kind of give depth to. I didn't want her to just be a, a goofy kind of best friend, or I didn't want her to right. just be there to kind of make Lou look better. I think both of them are equally flawed and, and likable, hopefully. Um but I think for me my favorite character is Marion the the sister. Um, probably because she did bring I think she's just so straight talking and so funny in the way that she is completely brutal in, in in what she tells Louise about about um the way that Louise has been has been kind of living her life and the comments she makes about her, you know, taste on on me, about men and stuff like that. But also she's really holding Lou to account. And when Lou doesn't show up for her family, I think Marion is the one calling her out on it. And I think she's she's that kind of mixture of deeply sensitive person but a very kind of tough exterior that I really like and I do right. recognize a little bit of, of some of my you know of both of my sisters and her so I think she came to me quite naturally as a character and I really really enjoyed writing her so I think she would be my favorite
0: I I, I liked her I liked her towards the end I will say that yeah. <laughs> um, her her arc is really fascinating mm. to me it, because it's it's so well drawn. They 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 get more connected. I think it's the connection. I think that's what it is. I think when um when we're first at the funeral, no one's connected to anybody. Mm. I would even I would even say that that Yuki, who's the friend that's, you know, at that thing, um, isn't really even connected to Lou at that point. She just needs somebody there with her. Um yes. And then by the end, it's, you know, it, I don't think that gives anything away. Um, I think the, the, but the, but the end, I, w- I will say that the end is, n- it does not end the way I thought it was going to end. I, in, I, as a writer, as an author, I had in my head, this is how it's going to end. Didn't end that way. Really interesting <laughs> the way that you, the way that you did that. And I, I hope that, that brings uh, more readers to you because I think, um, it's, it's worth a discussion of what would you do in this situation if, if, you know, as a reader, what would I do in this situation? Because I've always said, I I love time travel. I love the idea of I could go back and change this, but you know, if I'm in a Groundhog Day time loop and it just mm-hmm. keeps going and go, like, how much can I change? How much can I affect?
1: Yeah. And how much would you risk losing as well Correct. of what you've achieved? Yeah, I think that's the questions I wanted to ask. And I think it's about at what point do you need to let go of some things as well and stop wanting to work at yeah. it and try to fix it, you know?
0: And I, I think that's yeah. um, for a lot of things. I think that in, sometimes in life, you know, the... I will say especially the American way is well I can just keep keep hammering at it and eventually mm-hmm. it'll it'll happen. It'll have that's mm-hmm. just how we think over here <laughs> a lot of ways. Um and sometimes the right answer is pull back and just let stuff fall where it may. Now that sometimes feels lazy, but it's not. I feel like sometimes it's just the way to be. But you know, you have to learn it. Yeah. So yeah, it's
1: about acceptance, isn't
0: it? Um, it is, and and I think yeah. um, I I host a show called Writing While Handicapped, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. the, so there's a lot of acceptance that comes with being a disabled person, um, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily um, I I was disabled from birth, so it's I'm I am in the body I'm in, it's my normal, but. Um, it's not everybody else's normal. So my acceptance is I have to learn how to be okay with that.
1: Yes.
0: Um, but I what what's really interesting when I read books like this is to realize that other people struggle too. You know, we all we we see everybody else in three d. we never see ourselves in three d. So we never yeah. see ourselves the way everybody else sees us. And I think a book like this allows, you to kind of say okay what would I do and what's my 3D view of myself through this character so as you can tell I really enjoyed it I don't know if you can tell yeah that's an it,
1: incredible compliment I'm really really yeah. um, you know grateful that you've um that's that's the way that you you've read it and I'm really humbled by it so um thank you
0: and I wanted to ask you and this is just a, a simple question <laughs> how much do you love capybaras is my question because I <laughs> Was like reading and uh, and and I was I was showing my roommate and and uh, and she said I think she really likes capybaras and I was like I think she does too. (laughs) So I was wondering, is that an author thing? Do you love capybaras?
1: I love capybaras. (laughs) Yes, I do. Um. There were the so um Lou's memory of of going to the zoo with her grandmother and her sister is something that I had with my own grandma and uh and my my sisters as well. So it's a very treasured childhood memory of of mine going to Bern in the in the zoo, which is basically quite a a bit of like a, a petting zoo with some bigger enclosures just by the river. It's absolutely beautiful, the setting is gorgeous. Uh, but they don't have the most exotic animals there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. Um, there's some cats that look suspiciously like cats. But they also so no have, elephants. Um,
0: there's no elephants. No, no elephants
1: there. No. I think they might have had a couple of tigers, but that must have been the most, the only kind of exotic animal they must have had. Uh, so they had those kind of roaming capybaras there that I always I loved guinea pigs when I was a, a kid. So I really loved them. I love the fact that they were basically, as the book says, Big giant guinea pigs. So yeah. Yes. Too. Yes you give them you know to give an apple about anything basically
0: if anybody looks at my google history they're going to be like why has he been googling capybaras and i'm like <laughs> cuz i had to i was like is that really what they look like yep that's really what they look um, like that yeah, is really no, I,
1: what they look like yeah i love i love animals and i think that's quite obvious in the book you know you've got the elephants you've got the otters you've got the capybaras but um I love animals in a in a very kind of naive kind of childish kind of way just kind of getting really excited and the fuzziest the better that kind of stuff so Lou's got that for me really
0: and do you feel like you put that also in into Nick a bit because he loves animals he loves he loves the otters he loves yeah. the elephants for different reasons but I I his otter thing, I just I love Nick and the otters, that that was great, uh, it just
1: yeah. you
0: know um,
1: Yeah, I think it's it's just a way for the two characters to connect, you know, I just wanted to yeah. write, in Nick I wanted to write just a nice guy, you know, not yeah. a moody, serious kind of bad guy, I just wanted just a nice guy, somebody who is actually listening to other people, who is actually present for them, I think he uses that at the beginning a little bit to kind of deviate the attention onto another person so that he doesn't have to open up too much. But just somebody who who gets excited about seeing otters juggling pebbles. And that's kind of a way that kind of goofiness he can bring out of, of Lou as well. And that makes her a little bit lighter and kind of more able to enjoy the fun stuff in life. And I just wanted that to to be aware that they're connected together.
0: Yeah, I I well and I think when you I think when you juxtapose him with the lawyer Ben at the very beginning, oh. you're, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely way cooler and he tells better stories, and that other guy can go away. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> like, in, in the best of ways, yeah. like just, just, <laughs> mm, but yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's I've why met I've... so
1: many Bens, you oh, know, in my right. Online dating, yeah is in London I've just met so many of those who you think you know they've got everything on paper they've got the good job they've got oh, their yeah. status they can pay and, for the cocktails you know and, and yeah and actually they and, think they're best and they're than just the
0: nothing they're just nothing. Yeah. like 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 yeah they have the money they have they have the status and then you talk to them for 5 minutes and you're like mm,
1: yeah. all right bye and I think like, <laughs> interested me is that they end up making if you're not very confident they might make you feel like you're the boring one through their boring conversation. Right.
0: Well and you know <laughs> yeah. that, that and, and you know what? Because those guys are the guys who gaslight. Yeah. Those are the exactly. guys who gaslight because they have always been able to do it. Yeah. So um
1: exactly. so yeah Ben is not a very very nice nope. character, but he needed to no. be there, you know.
0: He, he, oh, he did. He did um uh, and uh but, but, but when he was on the page I was just like oh this guy again I literally was like Lou I was like oh him again oh, and, oh.
1: I really enjoyed you know writing the last scene he's in I'm not gonna spoil anything but right, that right. was a, a really oh, great moment I enjoyed reading
0: me. the last scene he was in because I was just like mm-hmm. okay yes seems fair <laughs> anyway I just thank you for for letting me read this uh, because I you guys I read it early it comes out April 18th and I just appreciate that you and your publisher allowed that to happen because you know uh this guy loves thank you very much for picking
1: it up I really really appreciate
0: it thank you writing while handicapped is a podcast solely owned by the authors on the air global radio network thank you so much uh Sarah let me ask you uh before we go uh if if people want to get in touch with you online how would they do that
1: so uh, my main social media would be um, Twitter and Instagram, so they can pick and yep. choose which one they, they prefer. So Twitter, I'm um, at uh, Swiss Sarah UK, and on Instagram, I am on Sarah Just Rights. She's
0: just not from underscore. Sweden, you guys. She's from Switzerland. She's not from Sweden. Yes, it's I am from thing. Switzerland. Yes. It's, it's a whole thing in the book, so I thought I would uh, mention that. It's, it's, she, whole thing. it's very, very important. <laughs> Uh and all by the way, now I want to go to Switzerland for Christmas because uh your Switzerland Christmases sounded pretty cool.
1: <laughs> it is pretty nice there. I would recommend it. All
0: right. Thank you so much for being with us. And for now, goodbye, everybody.